R E A R E A R E A R E A Audio Re-employability. Re-employability. Season two. Season two. Season two. Prior to my role here at Reemployability, I used to travel three weeks out of the month. Aside from racking up tons of airline miles and forcing me to buy a winter coat, you don't need those in Tampa, traveling so much made me super sensitive to perspective. Take traffic, for example. Lots of traffic to somebody in Des Moines was way different than lots of traffic to somebody in LA. Or when somebody told me about fantastic Tex-Mex, I knew their perspective was different in Dallas than it was in Savannah. Considering perspective is really important. But I think the biggest impact perspective had on me was when I was at 35,000 feet looking down on the world. I'm a window seat guy. So somehow from that height where you can't see people or cars, but really only land features with towns and cities in miniature, I felt very small. And in a way, many of my petty problems seemed a lot less problematic. Perspective changes everything. Well, this week I'm fortunate to speak with Tyler Huntley. If his name doesn't sound familiar, it's because chances are you have no idea who he is and you have no reason to. Tyler's a college student who works here at Reemployability. He'll graduate this year and start his career just like thousands of other men his age. But already his experiences volunteering have provided him a perspective on things that will no doubt enhance every aspect of his life to come. I'm so glad he was willing to share his story with us on REA Audio. So Tyler, thank you for walking into the uh, REA Audio studio here uh, to kind of talk a little bit about your story and uh, something that you and your family and your dad were involved with. And and this really lends itself well to kind of the way that REA Audio has kind of progressed in the past year or so. We really want to highlight those things that make a difference in people's lives. And when I found out about what you did, um, it was super, super impressive. And and I really felt like we had to tell people. But let's start out. You work here at Reemployability. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got here. Yeah. So first off, I just wanted to say thank you so much for having me on. Um, I really appreciate it. So I'm a placement representative, started out in January. So geez, it's already August now. I know it goes quick, right? Insane. Yeah. Uh, it does. Well, time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, right? It's good stuff. Um, so I started as a community care team member part-time. Um, I am a senior at Florida State University. So I was lucky to be able to come on part-time, help out a little bit. I'm a placement representative. Okay. Do so what specifically does that do at Reemployability? Like what's your day-to-day look like? Yeah. So... My job, I'm in charge of um, reaching out to the nonprofit volunteer coordinators and trying to see if they want um, the volunteers that we have in our program. Okay. Bare bones, that's what it is. Um, The main thing is reaching out, seeing if they want our volunteers. So. And what does that what does that sound like? I mean, I imagine there's there's a, a lot of the same people that you talk to, but you also right. have to talk to new people yeah. as well as well, right? So, you know, what we do, I often say what we do is is simple, but it's difficult, right? It's it's it, there's a lot of moving parts to it. So, I'm sure there's things that you have to explain to these not-for-profits to help them better understand 
right. you know, what it is that we do. So can you kind of walk through what that conversation might sound like? Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it truly does. Like you were saying, it depends. It's kind of a day-to-day thing. It'll change. Um, so if I've already established a relationship with a volunteer coordinator, uh, we don't have to go through all the, the nitty gritty details necessarily, but for a new nonprofit that I'm trying to onboard, um, speak to the volunteer coordinator, um, I try to make it clear to them that it's not an employee that they're taking on. It's truly a volunteer. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all explained in our employee acknowledgement form. Um, this is an extension of their employment. So it's really a win-win. They get volunteers there um, and they still get to get paid as well, not by the nonprofit. Right, so, right. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think other than that, um, it's really important for us to, you know, in these crazy times with COVID and everything, um, really getting a true understanding and it changes state to state, um, city to city, even, mm-hmm. um, what kind of COVID re- regulations are we talking about? Um, background checks, things like that. So is it what you expected it to be? No, it, it really is not. Okay. It's, um, so tell it's, me what you expected. Yeah. First, Cause I, I think that's always interesting. Um, you know, it's tough. I, I think that Rachel, um, and Crystal, they, they do a great job of explaining what the role looks like as a mm-hmm. PR, um, but it is a lot more sales intensive than I expected, mm-hmm. um, which is something that's that's been a challenge because I've never been in a role like that. Um, I started out in retail um, through college and high school um, and now trying to, you know, get these people to take on people that are um, dealing with some sort of work related injury. It's, it's been difficult, yeah. um, but it's. There's new twists every day, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a challenge, which I love. Well, and I'm glad you said that because a lot of times I'll be talking to prospective new clients or new clients, and and they'll often ask us, uh, you know, how do we know that the volunteer coordinator or whoever it is that's in charge at the not for profit is actually supervising my worker, making sure that they're doing what they're doing, and and I'm glad you said that about the your need to have to almost sell it to those folks because. Those people are put in that role because there's a need at that not-for-profit, right. right? And so they don't just take, you know, hey, send us 10 people and we'll have eight of them stand around and not do anything because if they're not doing anything, the not-for-profit's going to let us know. Right. And so so we have to let them know that these injured workers are both capable and willing to do these jobs. And, and that's why it's so important to have kind of that strategy, kind of that yeah. sales strategy right um to get them to get them to lean in a little bit exactly it's a, it's addressing a need um and then with the resources that i have which would be the volunteers i have you know in my caseload um trying to see which of those i can plug in mm-hmm. at these nonprofits so tell us a little bit there's got to, yeah, i can imagine you've got some stories right what is one of the craziest questions or one of the most impressive not for profits that you've talked to uh, as far as impressive, um, I got to stick with Habitat for Humanity. I just really love their cause. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, impressive, I could use that word, but also I just think it's it's just such a good cause. It really is. They are trying to provide affordable housing um, for, for people in their area. They're all over the country. We place with them all day long. Mm-hmm. Um, so have you always been involved in volunteering? I mean, it, we're going to talk a little bit about a very slick, I think a very slick trip that you took. Um, is Have you always been interested in volunteering and giving back to the community? Yeah, I love it. I, um, it's, you know, it starts as a requirement. I feel like for a lot of people in high school, um, you have to sign 
you have to get like 50 hours, I think, in yeah, North Carolina. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably like that in a lot of states as well. That's where I graduated high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but from there, it kind of branches. Whenever you, there's a, there's a cool phenomenon. If you if you can't really see the people that you're helping, I feel like people tend to stop volunteering. Mm-hmm. If they just say, oh, this is for a good cause, but they don't get to see it, mm-hmm. um, then they kind of stop. But luckily, I've gotten to see, um, and we'll talk about it in a moment, yeah. Um, the people face to face and that's what that's what keeps me coming back I well, like. and, and it's a different level too right because you talk about giving back and and for some people it's super easy just to open up their pocketbook and send their credit card number in, right, right? And, and that helps that's absolutely. absolutely necessary but you know to your point when you can see and and be with and and like be within um the entire environment of people that you're helping out, it really adds a different perspective on things right. that, that I would imagine makes you come back. So, yes. so tell us about your trip. It's yeah. pretty exciting. Uh, so this was a uh, playground build that we did over in Peru. It was a small little town called Oguay. Um, it's about a three hour van ride up the side of a mountain um, to get there from Cusco. No, no uh, guardrails. I bet. No guardrails. It was, it was scary. (laughs) Um, I was definitely a little apprehensive about that. It was, ah, it was something, but beautiful views up there in the mountains. Mm -hmm. Um, Cusco, I think is based at about 12,000 feet and the climb in the vans brought us up to 14,000. So, um, but yeah, a little bit more about that. We were there to build a playground. Um, but we didn't necessarily expect all the help that we got from the community members. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as we showed up, we had little kids helping even just unwrap the pieces of the playground that we were trying to build. They're just so excited to you know, get their hands on it. Right. So what, how, so how do you end up in Peru yeah. building a playground? There's what's the organization involved? So it's called kids around the world. Um, it's an excellent organization. It's also a nonprofit, which is um, what we love here at reemployability. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been trying to see if we can, add in a meal packing event um, because they also do those uh, for underdeveloped nations. Um, But Dan Lysick, uh, who you met actually at my Mm -hmm. sister's wedding, Mm -hmm. kind of funny. Mm -hmm. um, He um, led the group for the playground build. So um, that's his job. He goes country to country. He's been all over the world Mm -hmm. um, into these areas that really don't have any area for kids to get to play. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, kind of plant that seed for the community. His story is pretty interesting as well. So you come from a military family, and that's how you got involved with Dan, right? Right. Yeah. So he was a Marine. He was. Right. And now he's building playgrounds all around the world. Do you know any about his story? Can you share some of that? I can share a bit. Yeah. So, um, and it's funny, we we were there for eight or nine days um, and about two days on the playground build, but we got to talk a little bit more about his past. Uh, He did 12 years in the Marine Corps. over in the Middle East. And whenever he got out, um, he was worked alongside uh, my mother and worked with Marine Corps family team building. And from there, he decided, you know, I've been all over the world already, but what if I found a different purpose and went to really establish um, a little bit more sense of a community instead of, you know, going in from a military aspect, going in, uh, you know, from a helping, which the military does as well. Right. Um, but that was kind of his his call, and he loves it. Mm-hmm. It's good stuff. And if you meet the guy, you'd never think that that's what he did for a living. Right. He's, he's pretty. Uh, he's got a. Um, <laughs> he, he's got a personality that you don't forget. Absolutely. Yeah. Unforgettable is is one word to use about him. Mm-hmm. Um, great man. Great man. So, is this the first? 
uh, volunteer project you did with that organization? No. So um, like I was saying, they also do meal packing events. So kids around the world, um, a main thing they do is the playgrounds. And then they also do events where they can have a company come in. Um, I've led five or six of those whenever I lived in California. That's where they're based in San Clemente. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's pretty much lines of dried rice, um, vitamin packs, um, dried vegetables, you seal them up, um, 36 per box, get them on pallets, and then they're sent away. Okay. Hundreds of thousands of meals that right. that these guys pack. So, so you've done a lot. Is this the first trip you've taken? No, you it's not either. Okay. So I um, also, whenever I was over there, uh, I did one in Tijuana, Mexico. Okay. So that was kind of cool. I was um, 15 or 16 at the time. So geez, about eight years ago. Okay. Um, it was it was great. It was very similar. Um, the kids were very eager. Uh, but we didn't have quite the same amount of help that we had in, on the Peru trip. Okay. Yeah. Any apprehensiveness? I mean, when especially Tijuana, right? right. You know, <laughs> here, let's send my 16-year-old son to Tijuana. You're going to build a playground. Yeah. Sure you are. Well, so I was there. Um, something that was different was I was just there with Dan and a group. Um, there was like a family of four and then some younger people. Um, and I was the oldest teenager there. Um by a year or two, mm-hmm. not not a whole lot of adults, and you know Mexico, especially the Tijuana area, um, has some issues with the police right. maybe being a bit corrupt and things right. like that. So yeah, that was a little little apprehensive. Um, it all worked out. I'm still yeah. here. So <laughs> how how do you overcome that though? I mean, yeah. I, I imagine um, there's a difference in being apprehensive when you have to call a not profit for the first time or starting class for the first first day right there, there's always a level of apprehensiveness but you're shipping off you're going someplace that you've never been before right and your task is to because it's not just i can't imagine it's like you just show up and yes they're grateful but the people whose homes or whose community you're coming into has to be a little apprehensive of you as well right so how do you overcome those things so it's it's kind of a from the ground up it's mm-hmm. it's a faith-based organization um they know that we're coming in advance um and like i said in peru it was a little different um the men in the community that were there there were three or four that we saw the entire time mm-hmm. we were like where are all the adults um but the way that they didn't even ask they just grabbed shovels and hopped in um helped start breaking ground with us mm-hmm. Um, mixing concrete without being asked to. I mean, this is hard manual labor that they're doing and it's for their community. It was something um, that really helps us all uh, put those walls down. Um, All the apprehension goes away whenever you see the kids Mm -hmm. playing with a slide that's not even built yet. It's just pieces of it and they're trying to slide down it. It's just (laughs) all all your walls come down. It's, It's breathtaking. Has this affected you in the way you do your job here at Reemployability? It, um, I'd say it definitely has. Yeah. It's, it's tough to really put it into words, but coming back and I came back last week, um, I had a decent week with placements, but really makes you stop and think, um, and really slow down. Um, whenever you see people who are, they have next to nothing and they're just so excited to play with a lid of a bucket Mm -hmm. or here's a shovel. Now it's my new toy. Mm -hmm. Um, really makes you slow down um, and not not take that kind of stuff for granted. It's There's similarities with the people that we're trying to help mm-hmm. in our position here mm-hmm. and the people, you know, in underdeveloped nations out there as well. So, right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times 
there's apprehensiveness with the injured workers that we place into not-for-profits because a lot of times they don't fully understand what they're being asked to do. You know, they're apprehensive anyway because they've been off of work and, right. and there's those financial stresses. There's there's like mental stresses. There's physical stresses. So many different types of things. Um, but so many times we hear such positive stories of, you know, I didn't quite know what to expect, but everybody's been really nice to me here. And I'm, I'm, I really feel like I'm giving back to my community. I'm glad I can get up and do these things. And, and you're right. I, when, when you get up and drive to work every day, the same direction and you're thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm going to get into traffic on the way here today. And, and you think, Oh, another day. But then you really have to step back and realize that it doesn't have to be this way. And, right. and you're very fortunate to be in the position that you're in. Absolutely. Any, any trips planned for the future or anything uh, with this organization or any other organization well, you're going to work I'm, with? formed a pretty good relationship uh, with a gentleman over there. Um, he's from Ecuador and he had a translator with him. Um, and I told him, you know, sign me up, whatever the next trip is, you know, yeah. whether it's next month or next year, like I'd love to do it. So I, I can see myself doing several more um, sure. throughout my life. If anybody is interested in either helping or may possibly participating in something like this, do you know the best way to get information? Yeah. Um, I mean, kidsaroundtheworld.com um, has the information that would be required. Um, I'm going to talk with Deb pretty soon about getting us a meal packing event set up. Mm -hmm. um, it's such a good cause. I spoke with Dan um, and we could do two pallets or we could do... 10 pallets. Um, it really depends on how many people are yeah. willing to come help. But I know this group would, would love that sort of thing. So, okay. yeah. If you, if we have a, a risk manager or uh, an adjuster listening right now that would be like, yeah, I get it. Volunteering's great, but um, you don't understand this guy that I'm working with or this woman that I'm working with is just difficult to work with. Right. Is there any, suggestion that you could get any line of thinking that they might be able to use to help the injured worker understand that this is for their own good i mean you know aside from the monetary benefit um, whenever you're sitting on the couch making 66 percent, it's it's something so cool that they can go volunteer and continue to make the full amount of their check mm -hmm. that's one thing um, but whenever you look at it, they're, they're there at a nonprofit similar to what I was doing they're there to volunteer. Um, all of these places are not there just to make money. They're there to help others. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that is huge. Um, that's something that I think our clients, um, could benefit from hearing is that it's really a win-win, mm -hmm. you know, and there's no other way to put it. It's, it's a win-win. These volunteers get to go in and, and help people. There's so much stress put today on mental health we hear you know especially since the pandemic has you know uh, ebbed and, and flowed and and you know who knows where we are and all that right now but but the the so much more focus on mindfulness and mental health now yeah. and and we know that there's a huge component of that in getting back to work right and it's getting up getting out of the house not only does that help heal the body but it heals the mind as well and uh um I, I, I gotta, I gotta imagine that one of the reasons why you and, and everybody else that volunteers so much does it is because personally it helps you to decompress and, and be better at what you do on a daily basis. Right. I mean, yeah. it makes you feel good. I mean, it's 
not to sound selfish, but it, it's it's not for me. But mm-hmm. gosh, it, it really does have positive yeah. effects on me. Yeah. You know, I don't know about health, but mental health for certain. Um, I was there with my father as well as Dan, um, getting to have a bonding experience, get to see people, like I said, who don't really have too, too much. And mm-hmm. they're able to be so happy. Mm-hmm. And it makes you sit back and think, wait, I mean, I'm driving a nice truck to work. I, I come to this beautiful place to work every day. Um, I get to drive what three miles yeah. when there's not even cars up there right. where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. They have a two hour drive to the hospital. It yeah. makes you, makes you take a step back and yeah. just really think about that kind of stuff. The kids that you worked with, obviously you saw the smiles on their yeah. faces when you were done. You saw the smiles on their faces when they were trying to slide down a slide that was half built. Right. right? Um, did you get to talk to any of them or yeah. yeah tell it, you share so any of those experiences? They are mostly Spanish speaking and okay. I, I am not. I'm not sure if that um, comes through on yeah, there. Yeah. Um, but I was really surprised with myself at, at the amount that I remembered. I haven't taken uh, Spanish since high school. Right. Um, but I remembered a little bit saying, hola, princesa. And uh, uh, right. and they were just trying to hold my hand and, and, and hug up on us and say mm-hmm. thank you over and mm-hmm. over. Uh, it was it was such a beautiful thing. Yeah, beautiful. That's great, Tyler. I really appreciate your time. Um, we're going to post the website uh, in the show notes, so if anybody wants to learn more and and possibly help, um, they they can do that. And uh, I, I hope you come back and talk to us again after yeah, the next trip. Would love to. Thanks for listening to REA Audio. If you have any comments or suggestions for an upcoming episode, please let us know. You can find us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. That's the best place for feedback and show suggestions. Also, please follow REA Audio on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out more content at listentorea.com. If you have a story to tell or know someone who does, please don't be shy. Email Todd at reemployability.com or tell us on Twitter at REA Audio Podcast. I would love to chat with you. Have a great rest of your week.